Vet SOS show brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline. I hope you're ready for some great information. We have a great guest with us today, Miss Casey Valenti. She's going to go through and tell us some amazing things. You're definitely going to listen in on this. And if you are a military spouse, this episode is going to be a great one for you. We want to thank everybody who's been pairing their channels with us. We want you to continue to pair with us. If you don't know how to pair your channels and put these podcasts out as original content on your channels, hit us up with hashtag pairing and we'll tell you exactly how to do it. It's very easy. You can get it out there and then you have additional content coming across your channels. I am here by myself today. My partner Mark is not able to make it this evening. Um, so we're going to keep rocking, keep moving. And Mark's here with us in spirit as always. So let's get right into it. We got Casey, who is the founder and CEO of Sigma Forces and is a first-generation college graduate, Army veteran, and military spouse. She knows all too well the challenges of navigating higher education, career transitions, and professional growth. She's experienced firsthand the power of professional certifications with increasing employment opportunities and is dedicated to helping others upskill and reinforce their career journey. Casey served eight years as a logistics officer in the United States Army and has over 15 years of measurable success in achieving strategic business goals. She has a Bachelor's of Arts in Communication, a Master of Arts in Management and Leadership, Executive Certificate in Strategic Digital Marketing, a Lean Six Sigma Black Belt Certification, and is a Six Sigma Study Certified Trainer. That was an absolute mouthful. Wow. <laughs> Casey, I don't how have are anything you doing? To say now. <laughs> I'm good, Sean. Thanks for having me on here. I'm so excited to be here. I really loved your intro. And now I don't know what to say about myself because you've said it all. <laughs> you've had a fantastic journey. And the, the one thing that I really love it, and we have a bunch of them, I'm meeting more and more all the time, is military spouses who also were active duty. And, and it's it's like a perfect storm. You know what it's like behind the scenes. You know what it's like, you know, to to be there as the active duty person and as the spouse. And you're just a powerhouse coming to the table. So tell us a little bit about that, you know, being the military spouse after being active duty. Yeah, it's funny. That is the best way to describe it. A perfect storm. <laughs> it's funny. So I did eight years in the army. And um, when I was single in the army, I just remember always seeing the military spouses and thinking, oh my gosh, that would be so nice to just be a military, just be a military spouse. And um, I want to do what they're doing. That seems like, you know, getting up at 5 a.m. and doing PT. And then you see a military spouse. I'm like, I want to do that. So I always <laughs> envied them. And then um, and I also had always heard while I was a veteran, um, you know, there's a highly qualified, overqualified military spouses who are facing unemployment, underemployment, being underpaid. I heard all of those things when I was a veteran. Um, but wow, when I transitioned from being an active duty service member, I eloped, I got married, I got out and I became a military spouse and it all happened so quickly. <laughs> and the reality of being a military spouse really um, was an awakening experience for me. All of those things I had heard before were really, really obvious to me, painfully obvious. And then I was falling into those categories. And um, I think because I am a veteran, um, I've been able to 
use my network to try to help bring change and a unique perspective to the table. Um, and it's funny about the perfect storm because I'll, everyone always says, oh, that must be so, they tell my husband, that must be so nice. Your wife was in the military. She must be understanding if you're coming home late or anything like that. And I'm like, it's actually the opposite because if he says he's writing an op order, I'm like, okay, well, the op order only should have taken you like an hour. You should be home by now. So <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes we disagree on, on, on that part, but I do have an understanding and a, and a, a really, I really appreciate and value his service. And so there are a lot of times where my experience as a veteran comes in handy in supporting him in his career. I love your choice of words, though, the, the awakening. Once you became a military spouse and, and like my wife and I both grew up in military families and I don't think it really sets in until you're in the military. Even, you know, as a child growing up, you don't understand the military until you actually do it. Right. So I think the military spouse thing um, is the exact same way. I, I would imagine, you know, because I know deployed. I got, you know, when I was able to call home, I got the speech quite a few times, but I didn't sign up to be a single parent, you know, like I had a choice <laughs> in the matter at the time. I give that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will tell you, hands down, military spouses have a much harder job than I, I did in the army. I know that much. Uh, I, I get to put up with all the, the stuff, but she gets to actually, you know, deal with, with the kids and, you know, like I know my offspring probably aren't, aren't the uh the best behaved all the time so. <laughs> yeah yeah that's it's funny because remember i said when i was in the military i used to envy the spouses and i wanted to switch roles now that i've switched roles oh my gosh being a at the time i was a stay-at-home mom when i first got out and um being a mom a household keeper a military spouse is so much harder in my opinion of being in the military depending on your personality and what comes easy to you um, being in the military came really easy to me. And this has been a really big challenge and adjustment for me. And it's much harder for my experience. It's much harder. I, I used to say for years, I gladly switch places with you. And I, I wound up being home for about four weeks by myself. She she was away. And uh, yeah, now. <laughs> nope. Like I'm done putting nope. my boots back on. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was enough. So you realize now that a lot of things you heard in the past were definitely true uh, when it came to military spouses and some of the issues that they face. Uh, so can you elaborate a little bit more on the struggles that you've you've either experienced or seen uh, as a military spouse? Sure. So, well, let's talk about this. The biggest struggle I dealt with recently. Last year, we received orders to move internationally. And um, a lot of military families, from what I've heard, avoid military um, overseas assignments because they know their spouse is going to face a hardship with employment. It's going to either create a career gap, they're going to face unemployment. Um, it decreases their employability by like 100% <laughs> almost. And then depending on what country you're deploying to, there's the SOFA agreement might not even support you being able to work. So um, we received orders to go to South Korea. So I, we're in Busan, South Korea, and we are actually about two hours away from any military installation. So I'm already 
overseas away from family and my support system. But now we're our closest duty assignment, our military installation is two hours away. So it's been a very isolating and another awakening experience, but it just really heightened the fact that there are a lot of military spouses that are very qualified that want to work and they're not able to, whether be, whether the SOFA agreements in their country are not supportive or they are supportive, but um, they're having a hard time you know, convincing U.S. companies that the time difference isn't an inconvenience or that they are trusted to work independently. And um, I've experienced that it's been a, a huge benefit uh, working overseas and having that time difference. It increases operational capability from what I've seen. Um, but yeah, it's made me really learn the importance of advocacy and understanding the circumstance you're in and how to overcome it. And I have dug so deep into understanding the SOFA agreement between the U.S. and South Korea, and it's one of the most friendly ones. So understanding that, understanding um, the Military Spouse Residency Relief Act, understanding the A3 visa, just understanding everything um, that I have that makes me employable and making sure that I'm sharing that mostly on LinkedIn, but bringing awareness to this community that needs employment. Um, and I'm really, really passionate about raising awareness around that. That's fantastic. And you got me thinking about, my wife's gone through some of the transition courses that, that I've gone through or different ones specifically for the military spouse. And um, even in some of the classes I've attended, I hear that oh, we can fill in your gaps in employment with volunteering and it's not going to be that. And they, they really downplay it. Are you seeing that? Or is it something that maybe it's not total truth? I mean, what what's your sort of thought on that? Yeah, volunteerism, that is such, that's, that's a big one in our community because a lot of military spouses do rely on volunteerism to fill in those employment gaps. The only problem I really notice in that area is that we're quick to just volunteer anywhere and we're just so, you know, eager to be connected and eager to be putting our skills and our passion to work that a lot of times we'll invest a lot of our time in organizations that aren't really mission aligned to our career goals. And so we, I think we talked about this on um, when we spoke last last time, but we talked about strategic volunteering and how important it is for military spouses and veterans to volunteer in an organization that is within the industry and the role that you're looking to to eventually work in. And I can speak on that as a veteran as well, that that's how I landed my very first job in the civilian workforce was through strategic volunteering because I was a logistics officer and I wanted to pivot from logistics. I didn't want to do logistics in um, the civilian workforce and my education was in communications, but I was missing the work experience in communications. So what I did was I found an organization that was looking for uh, volunteerism in the marketing and industry and communications, started volunteering and eventually it led to a full-time role. And I was there for almost three years and it was a huge, um, 
a huge step in the right direction for me. And so I would say that that's the biggest problem is that we just have to make sure that we're putting our time, energy, and resources into mission-aligned volunteering. And it doesn't mean you can't volunteer for um, organizations that are not going to benefit your career, but just placing emphasis on the ones that do and making sure those are the ones that are on your LinkedIn profile and visible to recruiters. That, I love that strategic volunteering. I know in many times when I was in Korea, I'd, I'd do the garrison brief at Humphreys and, and talk to the soldiers about the volunteer medal. And, you know, and I was real doing a lot with the Boy Scouts of America over there and saying, look, come help. I, I don't like people just coming to volunteer to get a medal. I prefer you to come because you want to give back to the community. But, you know, even the Boy Scouts has stuff like, you know, if you're in finance in one way, shape or form, accounting, whatever, you could be a unit treasurer you know, and really, you know, have that still sort of going there and, but strategic volunteering, I love that, that term that is, it sounds like somebody who was in the army came up with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't sure how well received that word would, would come across So I'm glad we we're able to talk about it and just clarify the meaning behind it because yeah, it, it gives you an opportunity to gain experience. It mm -hmm. gives you an opportunity to recognize your strengths, your weaknesses, what you like and don't like, because a lot of times when you leave the military, you don't know those things, or at least I didn't know those things. And when I started volunteering, I realized very quickly, I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do this. Oh, I'm really good at that. Or I do not like doing this at all. I never want to do it again. Mm -hmm. So stay away from that. And, and it really helps build the network in the right industry as well. So, you know, on LinkedIn, if you're associating your organization by organization, it's expanding your network in the right network. So that's also really important. Yeah, absolutely. So you told me that there are three things that will improve military spouse employment struggles. One of them you, you touched on a second ago being the military spouse hiring act needing to pass. Um, can, can you elaborate a little bit on those three three points? Yeah, so the first one is the Military Spouse Hiring Act, which is really similar to the one that is offered for veterans. It's not as much money as the veterans one. I think the veterans one is up to like, you can get up to about $9,000 tax credit for hiring qualified veteran. The Military Spouse Hiring Act would be up to $2,400 uh, and this is actually a pretty controversial topic. I wrote about it last week on my LinkedIn and I had a negative uh, message come in about it, how military spouses shouldn't receive this type of attention and um, advantage. And I really disagree with that because um, one, it's $2,400 and the big picture, that's just a drop in the bucket, right? But it does help bring more awareness and remind recruiters that there is this candidacy pool that is being overlooked and that's really what's important for it to be passed so um yeah i really hope it gets passed and i want to continue to advocate for it i think it will really help uh, military spouses transition into the civilian workforce and find meaningful work um yeah and the next one we talked about just advocating for ourselves um, knowing the value add that you have to an organization and not to feel insecure about being a military spouse. Because you hear so many um, working military spouses say that they hide the fact that they're a military spouse when they're applying to jobs, when that should be like one of the first things you're saying, in my opinion, 
because military spouses are so adaptable, resourceful, um, just they manage so much and they know how to multitask. I go on and on about how awesome military spouses are, but <laughs> so I would say start off with that you're a military spouse, but knowing how to advocate for yourself has been really important, especially with the hurdle that I've jumped through being international. Um, and then the last thing that I've been trying to advocate for is to encourage military spouses just to um, make themselves even more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um which sounds a little intimidating, but basically, you know, I noticed when I got over here that the job market is tough right now for anyone, not just military spouses or veterans. It's tough. It's pretty cutthroat and you almost need to take things a step further. So, you know, I have a undergrad master's and military service under my belt and I was still falling into unemployment category, underpaid category, underemployed category. And that's when I realized, like, wow, we kind of have to take it a step further. You know, I I earned my last degree when I was when back in 2014. So a lot of times passed. I need more education or a certification. And so that's when I really started looking into professional certifications to make myself even more competitive and really stand out because you go to apply to these jobs and the first thing they're asking is, are you Sigma qualified? Are you PMP qualified? Are you scrum qualified? I'm like, no, but I have a master's degree, a bachelor's degree. I deployed to Afghanistan. Don't these things matter? But it's, I couldn't even submit an application because I don't have those certs. Now that's a great point. And, and that applies to the soldier too, you know, or the service member coming out, you know, if there's an available certification in the field you want to go into, the army's going to pay for us to do it you know, or the military through the different credentialing services. And then I know we have like, I think O2O, um, I think spouses can go through that. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a couple programs that offer um, certifications to spouses. So, um, which I believe ties a little bit into the next topic. Uh, part of that being your company, Sigma Forces. And there's three keys to helping military spouses that that you're passionate about. We've already talked about the strategic volunteering. So what are the other two? Tell us about that. And then, you know, tell us a little bit about what you're doing here with Sigma Forces. Sure. So the other thing that when we talked about being competitive is a LinkedIn optimization. You have to earn, you have to optimize your LinkedIn profile to be searchable by recruiters and to stand out with recruiters. So um, I've been writing all this. This is a funny story, actually. So I've been advocating on LinkedIn, right? Well, someone called me out and was like, the same person that wrote about the military spouse that was giving me a hard time about the military spouse act and was like, military spouses shouldn't get that credit. And the same person wrote a negative comment about um, not doing, taking things further. Like, okay, you're advocating, but what are you going to do? And I'm like, they're right. Like, this isn't enough. Even though spouses would message me and veterans would message me and say that, the posts and writing on LinkedIn were encouraging and motivating them. But this commenter, this troll, (laughs) they did make, they did motivate me actually to think, okay, well, what else can I do? So I started doing LinkedIn optimization workshops and LinkedIn made a huge difference in my employability. And um, as soon as I optimized my profile, employment opportunities just really opened up. And so I saw the power in it. And so I've been hosting those every Tuesday 
um, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, then the next thing I was talking about with competitiveness is just making sure you're earning the right certification with the right training provider. And this, this is touchy too for veterans because when they get out of the military or even and when they're in the military, it's kind of confusing what type of education you need or what type of certifications you need. And sometimes people will waste a lot of time on earning a certification that's not even going to serve them. That's not going to even advance their career. So you have to really um, know what your career goal is, know maybe the potential companies you want to work for and what methodologies they use and certifications are valuable to that particular role and that particular organization. So yeah, and leading into the business. So what happened was... <laughs> uh, when I was earning the certifications for myself, I had two, I noticed two major things. And that was certifications are very, either very, very expensive with a really high learning curve and you don't get to talk to anyone. There's no training support. It's very hands-off. It's kind of like, what are the, I've heard people call it a, a certification mill. A, a, uh, you probably that like a Something like that. Yeah. 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 And that's what it kind of felt like, even mm -hmm. though, you know, it was designed by someone very highly qualified and all these accolades, but you never get to talk to that person. You never get to ask any questions. So I noticed that for one of them. And then another experience I recognized was that, or they're, they're really, really cheap. And this is super, this is very cringeworthy, but the certifications are extremely questionably cheap and everybody passes. Even if you don't even like attend the entire workshop, everybody passes, everybody gets a certification. And that's scary. And that's something that like really bothered me. It really, really bothered me because, because I don't want military spouses or veterans to go through those type of training experiences and either experience the first one and waste money and not be able to pass it or two and earn the wrong one and then have to go back and try to attempt another one or buy this really cheap one. Cause now they wasted all their money on the expensive ones and they walk away thinking they're qualified mm -hmm. to be a Six Sigma leader or a scrum leader. They apply to a job. They put their two weeks notice in at their organization or they leave the military. They get into the job and realize they're actually not qualified and don't have the skill sets to stay in the job. So then they fall back into the employment stat of unemployment stats and the cycle starts all over. So I created Sigma Forces <laughs> and um, that's why I created Sigma Forces. It's a globally, globally, because you know, I'm international. So there you go. that was very important to me with that, was that the cert all the certifications are globally accredited. So it's a globally accredited training provider of professional education and certifications. And um, it's just in the last month, has developed and so much has happened and so many community leaders and organizations have reached out within the military community to support this and they believe in the mission and i hope that in five years that i can grow this organization and be able to do my part in increasing employment for military spouses and veterans and um, not just through the certifications but growing the organization so i can actually hire this community and and do my part
That, that's fantastic. And, and like, I was ready to raise my hand when you're talking about, you know, getting certifications that aren't going to help you whatsoever. Because <laughs> when I when I started the process, to I had no idea what I wanted to do. So the one thing I did was start doing some certifications. I knew I wanted to learn the Lean Six Sigma stuff, but then I did a you know a couple others that probably won't do anything for me in the, in the grand scheme of things. But I learned some things, so it's still a plus. Mm -hmm. But that, that's fantastic because our our community there's forty thousand organizations, forty thousand plus out here trying to help people, right? Yeah. There's got to be a couple used car salesmen in that group. You know, you always tell the story about the private going down and getting the twenty eight percent interest rate loan on on a car and. and that that's got to happen to a certain extent i would think in just about anything that involves the military because they know how much we make they know what's yeah. available to us to use like the tuition assistance or the gi bill or the uh credentialing online uh money that's allocated every year so it, it i love the fact that you targeted the globally accredited to really make it legitimate. And, and the fact that you are immediately seeing support speaks volumes to the approach you took. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I initially thought I would focus mostly on individual learners, um, helping people individually. And I still want to do that. But what I've seen most interest in is in partnerships. Okay. So, um, military nonprofit organizations and other military organizations that are assisting in the career transition and career and employment um, industry, they're wanting to partner with Sigma Forces to provide cost-effective training solutions to their community members. And it just really, really makes sense because there are so many organizations, like you just said, there's so many organizations already out there. Some are, most of them are doing wonderful, wonderful things. And, you know, I don't want to create another organization. I kind of want Sigma forces to be in the background, reinforcing the organizations that are already doing the great things. So our organization can come in and just make sure that they are reinforced in doing their mission. And I wanna make sure that all of our partners are mission aligned with supporting the, the military ecosystem is like, what I, is like what I like to call it, the military ecosystem. It, it is definitely its own ecosystem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is a fact. So that's just fantastic. And, and so Sigma Forces is not only for spouses or only for veterans, it's, it's open to the entire community. Yeah, it's open to everyone. Um, all of our partnerships will be um, mostly military military connected, unless an organization is military supportive and they are making an initiative to hire veterans. So that's who we're looking to partner with. Um, and then anyone can come in as an individual learner. And the cost is very affordable. Right now it's set to just cover the cost of the training and the exam and the digital badge and the certification, that's the cost it costs me to purchase those things. So the cost is very low. There's minimal profit 
coming from a purchase of a course. And I want to keep it that way. And it's going to take getting these partnerships. It's going to take this outreach and support from the community to be able to keep the prices this low so that individual learners can come in and spend a reasonable amount on these certifications. They're not ridiculously low. They're, They're not ridiculously low, but they are very fair to market price. That is awesome. That is awesome. I, I love what you're doing. This is this is amazing, especially the, the spouse community. I, I've watched my wife. We, we were in Korea for five years. We were in Germany for three. You know, so a lot of my career was overseas and, and seeing her struggle to try to find a job and having tons of gaps in her uh, employment history uh, is definitely a struggle. Um, so I applaud you for what you're doing. This is amazing. And and I hope, you know, that this interview reaches a ton of people in the in the military spouse community and, and you can help them all really start to progress that and, and solve a lot of that issues we have as far as the low numbers of them being employed. Yeah. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come here and speak to your audience about it. And I want to encourage people to, if they're looking to improve their LinkedIn, to sign up for a workshop. The link's in my LinkedIn bio, and um, Sigma Forces has over 10 free certifications in Lean Six Sigma, Sigma Marketing, Sales, Scrum. There's there's 10 free ones to choose from. So there's yeah. also certification hierarchy charts on the website. So if you're a little confused on what certification to start with or what level to start with, just use those certification hierarchy charts and it should help you understand where to begin. That is awesome. And, and so we're on a different platform tonight. And uh, so we, we can't flash everything across the bottom of the screen like normal. Your LinkedIn, best way for people to, to reach you? Is through yes, LinkedIn? absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's Casey-Valenti, B-A-L-E-N-T-I. And it's Casey with a K, K-A-S-I-E. Um, so that's her LinkedIn. Hook, reach out, connect, follow, um, look in the bio, get the LinkedIn workshop. Um, Sigmaforces.com is the company. And you also have it on LinkedIn as well um, under the company slogan was Sigma-Forces. Um, and we'll make sure that when we put out the episode that we get all that out there as well uh, to assist there. Um, this is just, phenomenal I, I i'm wishing you the best of luck and um really can't wait to see where this goes and what kind of impact you're going to be able to make it's fantastic yeah thank you so much sean and you as well i think you have a great platform and i really love what you're doing with it as well thank you so much hope hopefully we're, we're reaching people and getting that information out that is our goal uh to try to help those coming behind us yeah uh, sounds good so i want to thank everybody for tuning into the episode and uh, make sure you check us out on the next one as well. Don't forget, this community is large. We have a ton of resources, and that's why Vet SOS is here. We're here to help you find these resources, meet the people involved in them, and then get the word out. So remember to don't drown in the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline.